This is the Skyline Wealth Strategies Radio Show. I'm Walter Storholt, joined as always by Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland and the great team at Skyline Wealth Strategies. You can find more information about the team and how we can help you prepare for retirement by going to skylinewealth.com. Guys, very often we see a broker or an advisor who's you know, doing a less than stellar job for their clients. But folks will continue to still work with that advisor simply because they feel like, well, he or she is just a nice guy or a nice gal. I want to talk about the ridiculousness of some of these excuses, some of these statements that we've heard before and why it's important for people to get the right help and the right advice that they really need rather than just maintaining a relationship strictly for personal reasons when you really should view this as kind of a business transaction when you're putting together a financial and retirement plan. Uh, Here's an example. I know we've all heard this at one point in time. Somebody kind of coming up with that excuse that says, you know, my portfolio hasn't done very well for the last couple of months or maybe even the last few years. But again, it's that nice guy thing. He's a really nice guy. So I haven't wanted to make a change. Do you see people get kind of too emotionally invested with their advisor that they're then kind of blind to the results? We do. And we see both ends of the spectrum. You know, I see people that are like furious at their advisor because the market took a dive one week, you know. But yeah, we see a lot of that. And that's that's something that we we battle quite a bit. So you have somebody that's been with an advisor for 10 years. Um, they're in the they're moving from the you know accumulation phase into the preservation phase. And the advisor is not keeping up with that. They're you know, their answer to the client calling and saying, hey, I'm approaching retirement. I, I think I need to shift my strategies a little bit. And they're like, oh, well, just shift the bond to stock ratio a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> move it around. Yeah. Move it around a little bit. And people are, it, sometimes they don't want to get confrontational and they feel like the person's an expert. So that that's what they need to do, even though in their heart, they, they don't really agree with it. So they'll come in and sit down with us. We'll come up with a completely different way of, of uh, you know, approaching that, that investment. And it looks great, sounds great, makes sense. They are totally in on it. And as soon as they get a hold of their other advisor or he gets a hold of them, once they start liquidating stuff, they'll turn it around. They'll use that personal relationship to leverage against the client and convince them, oh, no, you're you're fine having everything in the market in retirement. It's all good. Everything's going to be fine. You don't need to deal with those guys over there. And, and we've lost some clients that way. It's 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 disheartening. It is. It's frustrating to, to see, you know, that that happening. You know, it's not in the best interest of the client, but we can only we can only say our piece, you know, and, and it's, it's the client's decision to make, of course. Um, but, you know, if, if you are working with an advisor, it's important that you do like them and, and trust them, of course, and kind of have that personal level of the re- relationship. But at the end of the day, as Walter's saying, it, it is a business decision to, to make. And uh, you have to have that not just trust, but confidence in the performance that's going to occur. And if you don't have that, uh, don't be afraid to, to sever ties. And, and maybe you feel like you owe it to have that conversation with your advisor and, and you should do that. Make sure you've given them the chance to perform because they may not be aware that you, you're looking for a change. But if you've had that conversation, you, you've tried to work through and it's just not working out. It's just one of those things in life. Make, make the switch. Find somebody that can relate to you and maybe this new phase of life and be able to put a plan together that, that makes sense for where you're at and not where you were. There's another excuse, Jess and Jonathan, that kind of sounds like this from time to time. You know, I don't really understand much of what my advisor says, and I'm always really confused after we meet. But, you know, I guess money is just not really my thing. And, you know, he's a nice guy, so I I trust him to do the right thing with it. Why is that a big red flag and a big problem when somebody's not understanding their plan when they walk out the door? That's a, in my opinion, that's a huge red flag. And and one thing I take a lot of pride in is, when somebody leaves my office, they understand what we're doing, and I'm not letting them leave until they do. If you have taken somebody's life savings, 
put together a plan that tells them what they're going to do with the rest of their life and they leave your office and they don't understand it, you've not done your job at all. Yeah, it's a disservice, really. I mean, you're, yeah. just, you're just confusing the worse. situation. Um, so yeah, we, we do see that, unfortunately, more often than we'd like to. And, and it, we kind of take it upon ourselves just out of, out of you know, I guess the goodness of our hearts just to try to make sense of it for, for the client, regardless of whether they move forward with us or not. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a bad scenario. It's, it's something that really shouldn't occur, you know, in this industry, but it does happen from time to time. And as a client, you just have to make sure again, that you like the person, but that you understand what's going on at the end of the day, it's your money, your portfolio, your future, your life. Make sure you understand it. It's great to find somebody that you like and trust, but can you really like and trust them if they're not either able to explain it to you or, or willing to explain it to you? And that, that's that's the worst of them. If they're not willing to sit down and give you the time of day to really explain things and how they work and make you feel comfortable, then that's not the right uh, business relationship to be in. Yeah, and that, and that gives all of us a black eye in the industry. It does. Um, it's super you know, frustrating. There, and there's there's really two two reasons why that happens. Either the advisor is not doing a good job of explaining it to the clients or he's doing a great job of not explaining it to the clients right. uh, <laughs> there you go. Um, and looking out for his own self-interest, you know, putting him in something that works better for him that may not be in their best interest, but as long as they don't understand it and they trust him, then, you know, he's, right. he's getting the extra spiffs or if he, you know, puts enough money with this one company, they send him to Las Vegas or Hawaii or something like that. You know, so they'll, they'll sometimes intentionally be more confusing than they need to be. Right. And that's, that's not normal. So if you're experiencing that, that's not normal. That's not every advisor. That's just not how it works. You know, air quotes over the radio. That's not right. Find a relationship that, that works in your favor where you understand what's going on. The, the right advisor is out there. <laughs> yep. Another excuse, guys, because we're seeing this trend of, yeah, likability is an important piece of the puzzle, but then you've got you know to worry about performance and uh, understanding your plan, education, that other element of it. Then there's communication, too. I know we've heard all before something along the lines of, you know, I don't really get together for reviews with my advisor, and I don't get my phone calls returned very fast, if at all. But I know that he's really busy. He's got a lot of clients. He's worked with my dad for, you know, many years. So I'm just going to make this assumption that he's, you know, taking care of me or has my best interests at heart. I know there's a lot to unpack in that in that example between the, you know, lineage of that's who my, you know, my dad or a, a significant other or a family member worked with. But as well as the communication side of things, there should be clear expectations for how often your advisor is going to talk to you and give you information and that sort of thing. There should be. And, and you know, advisors get busy like anybody else. And I'm, I'm guilty of it as much as any as any other professional of not always being able to return a phone call right away. But once it becomes a pattern that's when it should be a, a little bit alarming. Yeah, yeah, and then, you know, even if the advisor can't return a call, somebody on, on their staff should return the call, right? At a minimum, set up a, a time to talk where it's not just, oh, grab five minutes in between appointments kind of thing. You know, we can actually set time aside and reach out and have a conversation. So, you know, if, if you're getting that treatment, as Jess is saying, kind of repeatedly, it becomes a habit. That, that too is not normal. You should be able to have your, your questions answered. You should be given the time of day and, and, and the opportunity to really connect and make sure you, you have an understanding of what's going on and have your questions answered. So um, that should be happening. Um, you should be meeting with your advisor at least once a year to kind of connect, make sure you know what's going on, have the annual review, talk about life changes, anything that's coming up. Um, it's important just to connect and, and make sure um, that you communicate with each other um, so that you're, you're on the right path and there aren't any assumptions made on either side because that can go the wrong way. 
but kind of to the lineage thing that the Walter's talking about, I mean, that, that does happen uh, working in the retirement space. Um, you know, you, you may have an account that you inherited. We certainly see that from, from time to time around here. And it's important to connect with the advisor and, and have the conversation, get your questions answered about the accounts that you've inherited. But uh, it may not be the right relationship for you. So certainly, um, if, if, if it's somebody that you feel good about, that your, your parents had a great relationship with, give them a chance, have the conversation, and, and maybe that's the right fit for you. But if it's not, you know, like we said earlier, um, kind of as part of this show, don't be afraid to make the change. Uh, it's, it's, don't feel bad about it. It's, it's your money, not theirs at the end of the day. That's what it comes down to. Exactly. So I just want to take a couple of minutes here to talk about how this is impacting us as well as everybody else. You know, I mean, we, we're not doing seminars anymore. No, that's, no. That's weird. That's what really, a change, yeah. Um, you know, kind of our long-term goal, our five- to seven-year plan was to not do so many seminars and rely on other means of, of getting in front of people. And so we've had our five-year plan accelerated to a two-week plan. <laughs> yes. Um, but, yeah. but it's okay. You know, I mean, that, that's what smart businesses are rolling with us and looking out for our clients. And, I mean, that's, that's, that's what we have to do. Um, it's not going to do anybody any good if we just put our head down and say, you know, what do we do? Exactly. So, you know, we're here for, for everybody, existing clients, and also those people out there who, whose plans have changed and suddenly need help, or maybe they didn't think they did before. Exactly. And, and, and you know, and the reality is a lot of the hurdles that we had to deal with on scheduling and getting people in here when they have them take off work, spend time in here. It doesn't sound right to say that, you know, it, it's, it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing with those buyers. But the reality is, as a result of this and, and changing how we react to it, it really frees up some more time for us to be able to meet with more people, maybe spend some more time with those people. Um, and possibly, if you're working from home, frees up some time for you to actually deal with your retirement. I mean, let's, yeah. let's take advantage of a bad situation and try to at least get some good out of it. Right. So if you're sitting there working from home, maybe you have a, a lunch break and all you can do is think about, my gosh, what's the market doing? What happens to my retirement? Um, utilize that time. Don't sit there and, and worry about it. You know, Set up a call with us. That's what we're doing right now. You can reach us either by normal phone call or, or video call. Um, and, and just have a 30-minute consultation with us just to get to know us and connect and, and figure out what's going on and, and what do I need to do. Yeah, and I mean, the, the, you know, on top of it, if you think about Austin traffic, right? So if somebody's going to take off work, come sit down with us for two hours, they really add a, an, an hour. Oh, yes, at least, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you're working from home, you know, now you've only got to take off, uh, you know, the, the time of the appointment itself, yeah. no, no driving time. Your commute so. is about 15 <laughs> seconds. Yeah, exactly, whatever it takes to dial in. Um, and something else that just occurred to me, you know, the we're local, we're we're tried and true, keep Austin weird. We're right here in the middle of local Austin, um, which has to some degree limited our ability to deal effectively with people that aren't here local. I mean, nobody wants to drive traditionally. Three hours yeah, traditionally. exactly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, with this new world we're coming into and the new model that we're setting up just to be able to function and deal with people locally. That opens it up for you know people everywhere. So if you can hear this on the radio, we can help you. Yeah, or if you know somebody who can't hear it, you need to pass this along yeah. to them. Uh, tune them in, right? All, all of a sudden, you have more options than you had before. That's it. But really, if you can hear us now, we can help you. We can talk to you. We can do anything um, by video conference that we could previously do here in the office. We've got electronic applications for everything. We've got e-signatures. Uh, you know, we've kind of stopped the machine and figured out how to do this without having to sit in front of somebody and we've got it figured out you know I'm, I'm really proud of Jonathan Jonathan has just like been a beast on getting with all the carriers and everybody that we deal with and figuring out you know where's that one thing that we can't do virtually and then he hops on it and fixes it so we're set up we're, we're running we can do this from anywhere
Yep, we're ready to go. So absolutely reach out to us. We want to help you um, and really put a plan together now now more than ever uh, to set you up for long-term retirement success. So we're here for you. Please do reach out to us. It's very easy to get in touch, of course. Just call or text 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. That puts you in touch with Jonathan Berklin and Jess Hamill and the team at Skyline Wealth Strategies, and it allows you to set up a time for that 30-minute call or video conference so you can meet remotely with the team and get your financial plan in place. Call or text 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. Or get in touch via the website at skylinewealth.com. That's skylinewealth.com. Hi, I'm a cleverly devised personification of Wall Street. I'm one wild roller coaster ride away from wreaking havoc on your investments. And I love to mess with your emotions. If you're not properly diversified, you can bet I'll keep you up all night thinking about me. If you want to keep me off your mind, you really need a trusted advisor who will look after your best interests. You also need a custom-designed financial plan that will protect you from market volatility. Otherwise, when I take a plunge, I'll send you scrambling through your filing cabinet, hoping you were well prepared. Don't wait for turmoil to hit. In the Austin area, reach out to the Skyline Wealth Strategies team. Call or text 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. Talk 1370, the right choice. You know, there's just some strategies that sometimes leave you scratching your head. Okay, we have all this money for advertising. We're going to use it on blimps. Yeah, blimps, because when people are driving in their cars, that's who we're trying to reach. They usually look straight up, so blimps it is. You see what I mean? So keep it right here for strategies that actually make sense. You're listening to Skyline Wealth Strategies, and don't forget to check the team out online at skylinewealth.com. Now back to the show. It's time to open up the mailbag and take another question from one of our listeners. If you'd like to submit a question to possibly be featured on the show, go to skylinewealth.com. That's skylinewealth.com. Helen says, are there really no tax implications to rolling over my 401k? I don't really like the investment options in my 401k, but I don't want to roll it over and then get hit with a big tax bill that I wasn't expecting. Fair enough. Yeah, Helen, if you do it correctly, yes, no tax implications. You can go institution to institution with that 401k rollover, turn it into a rollover IRA, uh, your institution of choice, and no tax consequences there. You can also uh, go the route of the 60-day rollover rule, which allows you to essentially take possession of those funds uh, should your 401k provider make that check out to you personally, and then you just roll that into uh, an IRA, uh, essentially uh, closing the loop on that, and again, no tax implications. But that that's a little bit trickier and probably not the way to go if you're worried about uh, any, any tax complications because that can certainly get a little bit more complicated than just going direct. So um, the other part of your question, though, maybe not even part of your question, but just your statement regarding the, the performance of those 401ks, those can be a little iffy. I mean, Jess and I see that uh, a lot of the time and a lot of ch clients choosing to, to better utilize those funds. Yeah, so a lot of times your your choices for investment in your 401k are limited. Um, sometimes you have much higher fees than you would end up with if you go somewhere else. 
Um, so, I mean, once you roll that 401k into a, a rollover IRA, so to speak, it just becomes a traditional IRA. You then can do anything with it that you um, would normally do with any other IRA. But as long as it goes qualified to qualified, it's no taxable event. Where we see people get into trouble is where they take possession of the funds and they've got 60 days to get it into an IRA. And then they do something silly, go to Vegas or try to you know, pump it back <laughs> yeah. up or Uh-oh. utilize it for something else. Something goes wrong. They forget about it. When day 61 hits, that's all taxable. So mm-hmm. you want to avoid that at all costs. And that's like the simplest of mistakes, right? Just a, just a little bit of letting too much time elapse, and boom, now you've got a big problem. I mean, I actually had a client that had, I mean, it was you know, three or 400 grand. She got the check. She went and stuck it on the refrigerator, was going to deal with it later, and lost the check. And spent all of her time looking for the check. And by the time she figured out it was lost, it was past the 60 days. And, you know, that was it. It was, it was non-qualified money at that point. Ooh. That's a big pill to swallow, and and then it you got to make a bunch of other choices and decisions. And she was fifty six, so not only did she pay oh, tax, she paid ten percent penalty on top of it. So a very expensive Ouch. lesson. That is certainly. Uh, in addition to that, what about the statement that Helen has here about uh, not liking the investment uh, investment options? And you guys kind of keyed on it a little bit behind the scenes. Why is it that four hundred one ks have limited options in them? You know, there's a million different reasons for that. Um, okay. A lot of it has to do with the institution that that is giving the the guidance to the, the administrator on the account, um, there's all kinds of ways they're trying to minimize fees or sometimes not minimize fees. But, right. you know, they're, they're trying to keep it as simple as possible so that the employee is basically saying, I want a risk level whatever. I want intermediate. I want aggressive. I want conservative. And they really don't have much individual choices. They may have four or five different mixtures of choices. And then it's going into one big group, and you know, it, it's usually going into a fund. Yeah, usually best-case scenario is you know, a mixture of, of either as small as a handful up to maybe 20 different you know, moderately performing mutual funds that you can make a, a decent portfolio from. But uh, oftentimes, even, even if uh, the, the fund uh, costs themselves are, are reasonable, the, the underlying fees and expenses you're paying to whatever advisor is helping you manage that 401k through the, through the company, you're, you're getting eaten alive on fees. So... Uh, certainly, I've had that experience personally. It's quite frustrating. So once you get outside the 401k box, you know you you tend to pay less fees and have you know essentially infinite uh, investment options at your fingertips. And aside from the limitations on the types and number of investments, there's the you know the the access that you have to it. So if sure. you if you've got just an IRA sitting over at one of the big box guys, and you can typically log on, but either way, you can very quickly make a change in your portfolio if you see something happening in the market. Uh, making changes in a 401k, there's another layer. You've got the administrator of the 401k that you have to go through before you even get to whoever the custodian is. And sometimes the reaction time on that is too late. You know, you see something going on and you want to make a change, and by the time the change is made, it's too late. Right. I think another thing to consider on 401ks is, is back to what you suggest, the access to it. I mean, that's particularly relevant to retirees or people who are coming into retirement. We get a lot of people who have invested their whole careers into their 401ks. They're ready to move it out of that 401k you know, box that we've talked about here into something else, something more suitable for them, and, and they can't because they're still employed at the employer where the 401k sits. So they have all this money that they essentially can't do anything with. Some employers do allow for an in-service withdrawal, but you know that's that's here or there. It's not always guaranteed, so it gets kind of frustrating when you, you've saved up all these all these assets. You know, you're trying to do some retirement planning, and they're they're locked away from you. So the the administrator, the the company is getting a break. Well, not sorry, a break, but the fee structure is typically based on assets under management right. by that group. So every time an employee takes their investments out of that, that drops that down, and sometimes it'll go next you know to the next level, and that increases fees for everybody. So most employers frown heavily on in-service withdrawals. They basically make you leave the money there until you separate from the company. Another great question. And if you have a question of your own for the Skyline Wealth Strategies team, reach out by calling 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. 
or go online to skylinewealth.com. Fishing is an art, and any fisherman worth his salt knows the proper tools to land a whopper. You wouldn't take a cane pole to catch a bass, and unless you're just looking for a tranquil day on the boat, you probably wouldn't use shrimp for bait on the lake. The same can be said of your retirement. There are all sorts of financial products out there, and it's important to know which ones are the right fit for you. A random jumble of investments won't do you much good in retirement. Work with an advisor who knows how to fish, who sees the art within. A well-crafted financial plan will go a long way toward making a successful retirement. Make sure you're putting the right tools in your portfolio. In the Austin area, reach out to the Skyline Wealth Strategies team. Call or text 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. Or online at skylinewealth.com. When you reflect on your life, what would you like to see as your fondest memories? Summers at your favorite vacation spot? Ice cream with the grandkids after their first t-ball game. Maybe it was your great adventure across the world. Of course, those memories are still in the future, although they're not as far away as you might think. Be sure you have a financial plan to make them happen. Don't find yourself worrying while enjoying that ice cream. Peace of mind is attainable in your retirement. With the proper planning, you can secure a meaningful retirement. In the Austin area, reach out to the Skyline Wealth Strategies team. Call or text 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. It's getting to know you time. Time to get to know Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland a little bit better on today's show. Guys, today's a fun question. What was your first pet? Tell us about it. Uh, I have to thank my grandmother for, for the first pet. She's a, an avid garage sailor and uh, found this lovely, completely beat up old hamster cage. And, and so for the summer, we stayed with my grandparents. And we went over there one day, and, and they had the whole setup, the hamster cage and the straw and all that kind of fun stuff you put in the bottom. And, and we got told we're going to go to the pet store and, and pick out our, our first pet, our, our hamster. And my grandmother named it Dude. Dude, dude, the hamster. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know how that oh, happened, man. but I want to party with her. His name was Dude. So, Dude, dude the hamster. It was, a, he was a great, great creature, great first pet for sure. Uh, what about you, Jess? So, you know, I never did the hamster, guinea pig, any of that kind of stuff. I, my, my dad just wouldn't, wouldn't go for it. But I got a cockatiel when I was eleven, <laughs> and that thing wow. lasted for twenty-two years. His name was General Lee. He had a talent. I don't know if I can say it on the air, but he could, he could stand up and hold one of his paws up in his middle <laughs> finger would stick up on on command it was pretty cool it was a great great party trick when i was 12 13 14 years old wow um and in a very difficult part of my life when i was 33 i came home one day and he was laying feet up on the bottom of the cage so i was oh. pretty disappointed about that but we got we got 22 years out of him so we had a That's whole lot a of long time. life yeah, wow it really was and it's amazing how long birds they, they do have uh, great lifespans most of them so yeah. they, they yeah. make good long-term pets then Junior high, high school, college, well into my career. Um, he lasted wow. a long time. Wow. He was, he was a good You could have done, you could have, I had no idea. I mean, that's, that's something I never knew about. So yeah. yeah. Wow. Member of the family. And, and what was the name again? General? General Lee. General Lee. Oh, he, was, he was great. Had a great coat. <laughs> Too funny. Always fun getting to know the team at Skyline Wealth Strategies a little bit better. Uh, coming up next, more great financial and retirement planning information. 
This is the Skyline Wealth Strategies Radio Show. I'm Walter Storholt, joined as always by Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland and the great team at Skyline Wealth Strategies. You can find more information about the team and how we can help you prepare for retirement by going to skylinewealth.com. Guys, let's talk about some of the folks who have good intentions when it comes to their financial lives and retirement planning, but they're often giving bad financial advice to those around them. All right, so we're calling this the best of intentions, but maybe not so great on the execution standpoint. I'm sure you've got plenty of stories where you've seen this before, where uh, let's start with the closest members. Somebody comes into your office, they're getting information, advice, guidance from family members, but it's just missing the mark a little bit. Do you see that happen from time to time? All the time. So, <laughs> you know, we talked about emotions being the number one thing that we deal with here. This is absolutely number two, and, and they tie together. Um, you know, family members trying to give advice on stuff that they don't really know about, or maybe even outdated advice. Uh, we had a couple that came in here, probably been six months now, put together a great plan, and, and part of that plan included a couple of annuities, and the, the lady was just like, instantly put on the brakes. Oh, no, I don't want anything to do with annuities. So I, I knew somebody had been, you know, giving her some bad advice. So I said, okay, wh- what's the problem with annuities? And she said her brother had told her not to get an annuity. And I was trying to dig a little bit about what his expertise was. Apparently, he didn't have a whole lot. And so I finally asked her, I said, well, when did he tell you this? I'm going to believe it. From 1992. From <laughs> oh. all the way back 30 plus oh, years. Um, at some point, her brother told her not to get an annuity because he knew somebody that knew somebody that had an annuity that annuitized it and, and lost control of the money. And, and for 30 years, she's holding on to that, um, still having a roadblock, even listening to what I'm trying to explain to her. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's super frustrating when you get, uh, when you, when you have that happen and, uh, Really, the, the only thing we can do is just try to try to educate. You know, that's really what what we're doing right now. Uh, is just trying to, to to set the stage for the reality that is retirement planning, not maybe what you heard from from those family members that uh, don't know what they're talking about, or they used to know what they're talking about. But you know, here we are, ten, fifteen years later, and and things have changed. You know, we're the ones keeping up with it, not them. We'll exactly. we'll save the you know full in and out annuity one hundred and one segment for another part of the show sometime. But what was your reaction to her, Jess? I mean, how did that play out? And were you able to kind of walk through that education with her and, and kind of get to a, a point where she kind of understood a little bit better? I was. So I, at first, I tried to draw out of her what the actual problem was. And, and you know, sometimes people will hear do or don't do something and then they'll, there's some follow up on it. But she didn't even have that. The guy just told her don't do it. She didn't even know why. So I go all the way back and say, okay, if you were listening to this in the early 90s, here's why people didn't like annuities. So we go through the whole um, you know pitch on what was wrong with the annuities of the early 90s and the late 80s, and then show her what has been done to correct that since then and how the difference, you know, how they were different from back then. And in the end, we put together a great plan that also included annuities, and they were perfectly happy with it. Interesting to see that. And also just a testament to the power of family, though, to just a small comment 30 years ago <laughs> leads to this long-held belief that impacts somebody's financial life and their future yeah. decisions. It's amazing it's when crazy. you trace it back like that. Yeah, wild. Exactly. Well, we don't get it just from family members. Uh, we go out to the golf course. We go into the book club. We go into anywhere where our friends are. And friends, we probably all have a few that are certainly opinionated about certain things, and they're going to let you know similarly what they think about certain things. Have you seen friends steer people in the wrong direction when they were trying to be helpful? Absolutely. And friends can even be more powerful, right? Because you have to sort of keep up with the Joneses, right? So you can't you can't let them, you know, show that you you don't you aren't intelligent on retirement matters or any matters for that for that point, right? So when you're on the golf course and yeah, your friend says, uh, you know, have you bought so at such and such stock or or make sure you don't you don't purchase those annuities, you really take those things to heart and 
kind of run with them more than you really should. Um, and so, yeah, we have people that come in with some sort of impression on, on why something is good or bad, or they come in and we'll, we'll, we'll kind of lay out the plan and show them what, what we think they should do. And, well, I want to make sure we do this one specific thing because, you know, Joe Bob the other day told me that that's the best thing to do. And it's kind of like, where's that coming from? You know, so got, got to get on of, that Bitcoin, Jonathan. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we kind of have to, to, to break down kind of like we, we did with the, the family, like Jess was talking about, like, where's this coming from? Why, why do you want to go that direction? And, and what is your knowledge on that? You know, so it's not always preconceived notions either. You know, we'll get halfway through the process and somebody will go out to dinner with a couple of other couples. Um, you know, and you put somebody at dinner, everybody's trying to one up each other. The wine starts flowing by the end of the dinner. Everybody's exaggerating their portfolio and what they've got going on. All right. And sometimes and people will start bragging on what they're doing with us. Hey, we've met these, these guys over here. This is fantastic plan. Here's what we're doing. And then we start laying it out. The people that are all, you know, market people, um, just start to trash it. Oh, this is crazy. You don't want to do that. Stick in the market. Look what I'm doing. I got a 24% gain here and I'm buying this stock. Um, you know, the alcohol starts flowing, the exaggerations start going and people will come back to a third appointment saying, you know, we've been thinking about it and I talked to my friend and I've got to go back and kind of walk them through it and undo it and get them back on track. Yeah, so it, it comes from both directions. It's all the emotions, right? Back to emotions. But um, that, that's a huge part of it is just uh, making keeping people on track and focused on, on their objectives and goals and not confusing that with somebody else's, right? That's where friends kind of get in the way sometimes. Let them be your friends out there in the world in the golf course at the dinner table and, and leave them out of your retirement matters. Yeah, I, like great that. I like that. I'm going to use that. <laughs> <laughs> Leave them on the golf course, uh, yeah, exactly. especially if you had a rough day on the back nine. Uh, right. So you've got family, you've got friends in your ear. It's not just from those that are closest to us in those ways, though, guys. Sometimes it comes from other professionals, and this is not meant to uh, to bash a particular financial industry, but CPAs. I've heard stories of often kind of pushing people off of the right track financially by accident. So that. I ran into that 10, 12 years ago. I don't see it as much these days. And okay. I don't know I don't know if it's TurboTax that's pulling everybody away from their CPAs <laughs> or if, the, if that generation of CPAs is just getting older and, and kind of chilling out. Um, but I don't see CPAs derailing with bad advice nearly as much now as I did a decade ago. Fortunately, fortunately, yeah. And, you know, and we're, we're certainly uh, not saying, even if they did, that they don't know what they're talking about. But, you know, CPAs do their own thing. We do our own thing. We don't hold ourselves out to be CPAs. We don't, we don't personally do your tax returns, none of that sort of stuff. So we'll let them do their thing and we'll do our thing. And I think it's just important to note that, you know, CPAs aren't necessarily financial advisors and, and vice versa. So, um, you know, a lot of times we'll, we'll have a specific investment um, and it may not be something that the CPA has seen before. They start asking questions, trying to understand understand it and that can be misinterpreted as um, oh they're, they're concerned about it um, I should be concerned too well not necessarily no uh, oftentimes those kind of misunderstandings are resolved by just a conversation between us and that CPA and uh, we can kind of get back on track pretty quickly and really no harm no foul but you know it's important that your financial professionals communicate so we like to um, try to try to keep that um, you know in-house as much as we can and, and that we kind of have our, our own CPA that we do refer people to so a lot of times we can already have those situations resolved before they even start if, you, if you're working with somebody that we're familiar with but um, if not you know we can certainly um, connect with them and, and resolve any issues that might come about from misinformation. So it's also even as disconcerting as that it's not so much of CPAs saying don't do that that's bad advice it's CPAs that have been doing tax returns for a couple forever and they've got just earned income I mean they're they don't they don't really know much more or, or focus much more on just how to file a you know 1040 so we start throwing things in there that they're not used to seeing that are more retirement related and the CPA doesn't understand the taxability of it they're, they're actually incorrect so they'll start giving bad advice on how it's taxed 
and then the client comes back saying, wait a minute, I talked to my CPA, and then we've got to basically turn around and do the CPA's job. So, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying CPAs are bad, but some of these guys that have been around for 30 years doing the same couple's tax return for 30 years, the same stuff every single year, um, they're not keeping up with the continuing education. They've got other CPAs on staff that are, you know, most likely doing their CE for them and just taking the, turn the credits in. Um, they're just stuck. They're stuck in the 90s and the 80s, and they don't understand the taxability or the tax advantages of some of the things that we do today. Right, right. Things change in retirement, so you have to make sure your CPA can keep up with that. So. I know we could do a whole show on this, but I feel it's important to highlight, too, is there's a big difference between tax filing and tax planning. Can you guys touch on that for a moment? Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll quote Jaden on this one. It's my, it's my most fun one. Most people's CPAs just fill out forms. They keep them out of jail. They're not giving them tax advice. There's a few of them out there that know what they're talking about. For the most part, people are just, you know, they're getting their, their return done. Um, somebody tells them, you know, be careful with Roth conversion. It might be a tax issue for you. They let them run and go figure it out. But other than that, most people are just filing retaxes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a good way to put it. I like that. All right, I'm going to try not to blow Jess's top off with this last point here. But uh, <laughs> so, uh, he may disagree with the very premise of what I'm about to say, because this whole segment's been about people who have your the right intentions in mind in trying to help you, but they often will steer you in the wrong direction. One of the main sources people get financial information, guidance, and, yes, even the word advice is from financial experts in the media. Uh, what do you guys think? You know, I go back and forth on whether I can actually mention this guy's name, so I'll mention it. We can, we can maybe we can edit out later. Um, you know, we a lot of times advice is coming to clients from you know on the TV or on the internet has very little to do with them, and like I said before, has more to do with the person giving the advice. So I was in here one day. I don't hear very well, so my daughter came up for lunch and she showed me something on a computer that we put up on the TV that I got on the wall. So we turned the the volume up, which is not usually up. So I looked at it, we had our lunch, she left, I turned the volume down to what I thought was all the way down, but it wasn't quite all the way down. And so I'm sitting here at my desk and all of a sudden I hear somebody screaming, I will die and go to hell before I ever sell an annuity. I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? I thought somebody was in the, the, the reception area, you know, like pitching a fit. So I run out there and I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? Everybody's looking at me like I'm crazy. And I come back into the office and Ken Fisher's up on my, my TV screaming about how bad annuities are. And uh, he said, you know, send off for my 12-page booklet on everything you need to know about annuities. So I, I sent off for it. The first page lists 10 things that anybody with a brain would ask about annuities. And the next 11 pages were all about how awesome the market is in retirement. So people are listening to things that they see on TV that may be a different agenda um, that are not necessarily looking out for them. Um, they're actually looking out for the advisor itself. So this guy's got a big book of business. And as people start retiring, especially when the baby boomers all started retiring at one time, they're pulling their money out of the market and allocating it to other asset classes. And who's losing money but the guy on the TV? So I do see people reading articles on the Internet or listening to things on TV that are not necessarily geared toward their best interest, but towards the interest of the person that wrote the article that's on TV. Absolutely. And, and then you get the, the articles that are sort of uh, false authority, I guess. Like the other day we had a, a client who said, you know, after we put a plan into place, oh, I read this article on Yahoo, you know, and you know, it's <laughs> Yahoo reposting some article from somebody's blog, you know, talking about this, that and the other. And it's kind of like, why, why would you why would you run and go with those ideas and, and misconceptions rather than kind of listening to, to what we have to say? But I understand, you know, people are looking for, you know, the, to kind of double check their sources and make sure that you know this huge life decision they're making uh, doesn't goes off without any hiccups doesn't have any issues but it's really important to understand the filter through which you're kind of uh, interpreting that that media how it's coming at you I mean lots of people have agendas um, everybody has an agenda and that's how they're approaching it so just watch out when you're reading those articles um, there's some good information out there certainly but you kind of have to filter it through your own filter and apply to what you're doing rather than what they'd like you to do with it just call or text 512 952 5555. That's 512-952-5555. 
1370. This is the Skyline Wealth Strategies radio show, helping you take the confusion out of retirement planning. This is the Skyline Wealth Strategies radio show. I'm Walter Storholt, joined as always by Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland and the great team at Skyline Wealth Strategies. You can find more information about the team and how we can help you prepare for retirement by going to SkylineWealth.com. We're going to talk about retirement planning and how it relates to personal training or getting in shape. Guys, I know that you are probably on the same train as me, as always trying to get in better shape, maybe so we can run or jog or walk faster, lift more weights, at least look a little bit better for the ladies out there. Uh, Have you guys had your own kind of personal journeys of trying to stay in shape and, and get fit over the years? In the past, yes. <laughs> Jess loves to run. That's yeah. just his I favorite. I, I told pastime. him the other day, if you ever see me running, you better start running too, because something's wrong. <laughs> no, I actually do enjoy running. Uh, that's one of my favorite things to do from an activity standpoint. At least it was until I tripped and fell, and my my kneecap swelled up, and and I, I couldn't walk forever, and was going to get on a plane for vacation two days later. That was that was a great time. But yeah, uh, I was I was mad at him for that. Cause I'm always telling him, don't run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we're going to London and Prague, and he shows up limping. <laughs> On crutches. Great. On crutches. I got to drag his luggage around with me oh, no. all over London and Prague. It was hilarious. <laughs> oh, no. So that, that you got your workouts in that way, Jess, when, oh, you, were, when you were over yeah. there. Yeah, and it's, it's hard work crutching around a whole airport, let alone, <laughs> yeah, let alone an entire city. It's a uh, workout for sure. In my, in my 30s, I got up every morning at my personal trainer at 530, ran for an hour, worked out for an hour from 30 till 38. Best shape I was ever in in my entire life. And then uh, broke my back and everything went downhill from there and quit working out and Got fat and now I'm, now I'm skinny, but I'm no, not in shape. Well, we'll allow you to draw on your past experiences of uh, getting in shape. And Jonathan and I will work on current experiences of trying to uh, do the same. Over the past year, I've gone from not being able to even jog for any small period of time to I can run a 5K now. So wow, I've had a good Dang. past year of getting healthy. And I, I still need to, I still have a lot of weight to drop, but I've gotten stronger and you know everything else has been yeah. coming along with it. So good the job. endurance has really increased. So it's great. So I can draw on some experiences here too but one thing i definitely have learned is that you probably just can't read a book to get in shape right i mean you're not going to read a book and then all of a sudden become in shape you can use it as a guide but it's not going to happen unless you go and make it happen and and do it and i think the same thing happens in the financial world right but some people think they can just probably like read a book you know investing how to or retirement for dummies and then kind of automatically know how to do it properly yeah. yeah, I would agree with that 100%. Um, it's not going to work unless you do something, and it's amazing how many clients come in here um, having read one of those books and already think they know what they're doing. And I'm right. Like, well, they're or even an article, right? Yeah, be a an book. article. Just, uh, I love you know, that. Yeah. On the internet. Went to yahoo.com and found this wonderful article about <laughs> retirement planning, and you know, it says, I'm going to be a millionaire. My money's never going to run out. How does that, you know? Yeah, but they still haven't done anything with it. Correct, correct. Yeah, so that, that's correct. We get. I mean, it's not to put down. It's great to go out and get knowledge, right? Read up, uh, find out facts, and, and help sort of add to your knowledge base when it comes to retirement planning. It always helps to talk to somebody who's a little more educated on the subject than not, and certainly helps you make make good decisions. But when it comes to it, just getting a book or reading a book is isn't uh, you know rubber on the pavement. Yeah, exactly. You, you got to combine that knowledge with uh, some drive and determination to make things happen. And Jess, you kind of touched on this a minute ago too, and you were talking about your experiences of getting in shape that best time of your life. I think I heard you mention working out with a trainer and just like in, you know, fitness training, doing it on your own, you can try, 
but it's so much easier when you've got a trainer or a coach there with you kind of pushing you outside your comfort zone and taking you to that next level. I've definitely experienced that going to the gym on my own, much less successful when than using a personal trainer or some sort of coach. Right. So I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's necessarily easier. But it gets the re- it gets better results. Easier to get better results. Yes, yeah. yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And kind of like you know, working with an advisor, it, it, we try to make it easier, right? But the reality is, there's still the same decisions to be made. There's still the, the same retirement plan to put together. It just helps you know two heads better than one. And certainly, someone who spends all their days um, really looking at, at retirement plans, it absolutely helps uh, to ca- have that expert involved. Plus, having interaction. It's one thing to read an article. It's another thing to be able to look somebody in the face and ask them a question about what they just said. So right. I always, when I get clients that came in and they, you know, they read an article about one particular asset class, I always encourage them before they even start the article, scroll to the bottom, see who read the article, because or who wrote the article, because if the person who authored it is somebody who will be losing money or suffering some negative consequence as a result of you doing the action they're writing about, then scroll to the next one. That's going to be biased. Hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. We're talking about personal training and the parallels to retirement planning. We've all probably tried to get in shape at one point in time or another, so hopefully this is uh, certainly relevant to you. When I was looking to work with a personal trainer one time, there was one that happened to be right next door to where I was working. And so I was like, well, this will be a great fit. I'll come in, I'll do personal training sessions in the morning, and then go to work the rest of the day. Seemed like a really good fit. And then I was looking at his certifications, and he had all these great certifications, worked with uh, you know top university athletes, had all these really high-end things that I'd never heard of that were certifications and all these sort of things. So we started working out, and you know it really wasn't a great fit. I think he was really designed to... <laughs> essentially work with high-end athletes and here you know big walt comes rolling through like you know i'm not able to do these super athletic crazy moves that he's trying to have me do so i don't think i got any benefit i didn't lose any weight or any pounds through working out with him because i think i was spending the whole time trying not to injure myself um, <laughs> you're selling yourself short walter of course you're a you're high high level athlete right yeah back when i was 12 um you know so i also was coming off of an acl injury too so that was kind Fair of another enough. another reason why maybe we weren't a great fit well i know certification and designations and those kinds of things, you know, make big noise in the financial world. But does it kind of follow that same rule of thumb in the personal training world where it may not be the end all be all? You know, I mean, I think it has some influence. If you're going to work with somebody, they should have some experience and knowledge. But the fact that they've got a lot of initials after their last name on their business card does not necessarily um, mean that they're a perfect fit or that they really have your best interest in mind. Yeah, yeah, I mean, everybody makes a big deal out of being a fiduciary, right? And, and while that's certainly important, a fiduciary can still do you wrong and give you bad advice, right? I mean, it's, it's just it's down to the, the individual at that point. Um, remove the certifications. It's about finding a person that you can trust, that you can work with, that helps you understand, you know, everything that's going on in the planning process and ultimately makes you feel comfortable. That's what it's all about. So don't get lost. Yes, certifications, but there's also lots of flashy marketing and, you know, uh, commercials and this, that, and the other. I mean, don't get lost in, in all of that. Make sure you actually meet with the individual, the advisor, and, and make sure they're a good fit for you on a, on a personal level. Um, just kind of like you do with your trainer, Walter. I mean, if it's not a fit, if you're not feeling it, you don't feel motivated, you don't feel confident about what's going on, then you know, it's okay to, to find somebody else. You don't always uh, strike gold on the first strike, right? Yeah, and so a lot of it's about a personality fit. You know, when I take a client on, we I don't take on everybody that comes through the door. Right, right. And I'll tell them that day one, you, there, you have to overcome three hurdles to become my client. One, can I actually make a difference for you? I'm not just here to 
turn up the salesman volume and you know flip a product and make some a little small commission i'm here to actually make a difference in your whole plan mm-hmm. two are you serious are you going to come to your appointments and get here on time but number three is do we get along do our personalities match i'm not a good match for everybody that comes to the door and yeah. i'll be the first one to tell them that so you know it boils down to do you trust the person and did they explain it to you in a way that made sense or did it sound like you're being sold and make sure it's believable i hate when i sit down with a client and I'll lay something out, and it's not necessarily the news they want to hear. So they go to another advisor, tell them, you're fine. You're, you're just fine. You, you, know, you came in here with $400,000. You're going to live the rest of your life and die with $2 million. And, and they believe it. I'm like, does that sound right to you? you know, yeah. Come on, guys. Lesson common sense. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. Good. Just, just use common sense and, and make sure you can trust the person. And don't meet somebody in an hour later. Let them be telling you what to do with the rest of your life. Exactly. You know, make sure you yeah, have yeah. a series of appointments like we do. It's not like buying a car. It's not just a transaction, right? Just, just like personal training, you're, you're committing to something that's hopefully long-term. You know, it's, it's not as long as the, the advisor relationship where it's, it's pretty much a lifelong relationship relationship you know that's but in both scenarios it's something that there's a lot of time commitment to and a lot of really just commitment by both sides to making that relationship work it's something more than just a transaction so find that person that you know you want to you want to trust long term and, and have a, a, a good strong relationship with to add to that i would say pay attention to how much they pay attention to what you say so in our first appointment yeah. i do a lot of listening i'm trying to figure out what this person's goals are what their comfort level is with the various levels of risk so if somebody, if you interview somebody and when you come back to them, they're, they're presenting something to you that's completely different than what you specifically said you were interested in or weren't interested in, then they're looking out for their self and not for you. Just call or text 512-952-5555. That's 512-952-5555. And that's all the time that we have for on this week's show. For Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time right back here on the Skyline Wealth Strategies Radio Show. All opinions and information expressed by the speakers on this show are solely the opinions of those speakers, not those of Skyline Wealth Strategies or any of its subsidiaries or affiliates. All opinions are based on information the speakers consider reliable. Opinions and information are provided as is, for educational purposes only, cannot be guaranteed or warranted, may change without notice, and may not be corrected or updated. Opinions and information should not be construed as an inducement to invest, an offer to buy or sell securities, nor as legal tax or investment advice, nor do they take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and are therefore not necessarily intended as recommendations suitable for you. You must make an independent decision regarding investments and strategies mentioned on this program. Neither the speakers, Skyline Wealth Strategies, or their affiliates guarantee any specific outcome or profit. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all investments involve inherent risk and total loss. Strategies and investments fluctuate in price and value, and investors may get back less than they invested. You should seek advice from independent financial, investment, and legal counsel before making any financial or investment decisions. Transmission of information through this program is not intended and does not create an advisor-client relationship between you and Skyline Wealth Strategies. Information provided on this program may reference other service providers, including websites operated and maintained by third parties. The provision of such information does not imply responsibility for or an endorsement of any third-party information, opinion, recommendation, or investment product. Reproduction, distribution, republication, and or retransmission of any portion of this program is prohibited without the prior written consent 